I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Hockey News Action Show presented by BetMGM. I'm Jacob Stoller from the Hockey News alongside George Nasios, and we've got a small slate of NHL games on this Wednesday for you. Obviously, we're in the midst of the kind of all-star break and all the you know vacations and half the league is in Mexico right now, basically. But <laughs> we'll get to those couple games are still lingering, and then we will uh, get into some you know mid-season check-ins on the awards and the props that are yes. listed there and the odds and kind of kick it back between us and see who we'd pick at this point in time. But let's start out with the games happening tonight. The Ottawa Senators are facing the Detroit Red Wings. George, who do we like in this one? Yeah, I was kind of surprised when I saw the odds here for the Red Wings to win on the money line. The Red Wings are at home. They're paying 1.8 to one on the money line. Ottawa is the worst road team in the Eastern Conference. Look, I know Ottawa has improved their play as of late. They're doing a bit better. But the Red Wings are the fifth best team in the league in terms of points percentage since the calendar flipped to 2024. They have been playing playoff hockey for a while now, and they are basically right in the thick of that final playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. So 1.8 to 1 at BetMGM for the Red Wings just to win on the money line. I love that bet here. The Sens have won their last two meetings between these two. So Detroit's not forgetting that. They're going to want some revenge here. They're at home. I think this is a great bet at great odds. Take the Red Wings at home. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm a little, I'm trying to understand. Whenever I see lines like this, I'm trying to understand what is it I'm not seeing. Do you think that, do you think that maybe it's, like this could be too deep, but is it maybe like you know the comeback they had versus Nashville and that sort of thing? And you're you're thinking of momentum and maybe Detroit. Like, is there a history of playoff teams not doing as well the last game before the bye? I don't know, but I'm trying to understand this one. I mean, maybe some momentum from the comeback. Maybe the fact that they've had recent success against the Red Wings with a couple wins yeah. and they won their last game. But the fact is, I mean, Red, the Red Wings, the Red Wings aren't a team that looks past opponents because they can't afford to be. No, so, they're desperate. They're a desperate team. Like, I don't. And see they're them. playing. They're, they're honestly playing really good hockey. Even the, I think they've only lost three games in January. Even those, for the most part, were really tight contests. I think they were down five one to the Stars a couple weeks ago, and they came back and made it a five four game. And that's a great Stars team. Look, this is a really good team, and I also actually like a pre built same game parlay that's available at BetMGM. You take the game to go over six and a half goals. We all know how terrible Ottawa is defensively. You take the Red Wings to win, and you take Dylan Larkin, who's been spearheading this Detroit resurgence here and putting them in a playoff spot. Take Dylan Larkin to score. Those three bets, over 6.5 goals, Detroit to win. Dylan Larkin to score pays 4.5 to 1 at BetMGM. Larkin has eight goals in his last eight games. He scored in six of his last eight games. So count on him to tally at least once tonight before he gets a nice deserved break. 
I like that. Yeah, Larkin is the opposite of like a long-term extension hangover. He has been willing the Red Wings this year, and that's a very Great good deal bet. for the Red Wings. He's in like he's entering the prime of his career. You know, you see some deals. Oh, Nylander. You see some deals that are thrown out there by some teams, and you they make you scratch your head for the amount of money these teams are handing out. But you know, Dylan Larkin, well worth the money that Steve Eiserman signed him to. Absolutely. Next up, the Los Angeles Kings tumble into, I mean, arrive to the National Predators. Uh, gosh, that team needs a break. Uh, will they end this part of the season on a high note or will Nashville kick their butt and then maybe a coach firing? Now, another game where I'm actually surprised at the odds, even though like I'm picking the team, I expected Los Angeles to be more long shots than they are. They're 1.83 to one to win on the money line. This team's been this—they're the second worst team in the entire NHL since December 28th. That's it is. What date did I pick them to win the cup? Yeah, I mean, I think that was back in November. Oh no, that was December. That was before this slide for sure. But uh, it's been nothing short of catastrophic. Like horrible. It's unbelievable how bad they've been playing lately. I think they're going to get a W tonight. They desperately, desperately need this W. If Nashville wins tonight, they move ahead of LA in the standings. You know, That's LA crazy. was one of the that top four teams in the West for so long. And um, they got to be worried about their playoff prospects at this point. So I just think they got to be desperate tonight. I was thinking the odds would be longer given how terrible they've been at late and they're on the road. But the fact they're on the road, LA has been a good road team this year. I think they have the fourth best road record in the, sorry, they have the third best road record still in the Western conference, even if, with this terrible slide, mm-hmm. they lost to Nashville in a really tight game two one, a couple weeks ago, revenge game guys have some pride. The all-star breaks coming up. I just think Nashville hasn't been that good lately either. They've lost two in a row. Um, only one win in their last four home games. They've lost five of their last seven. They actually blew a three nothing lead to the Sens the other night. Yeah, so you got to think LA get on the board here tonight. Um, they got to be anxious to revenge and anxious to get a W to somewhat put this terrible slide be- behind them. Because as you said, if they lose this one, I mean, Todd McClellan, watch out hundred percent. And I mean, look, the reality is the Kings, as much as they are outside of their nucleus, a younger group in some ways, they've got some big time veterans. One of them is Drew Doughty, who's been, you know, people, I think that everyone is kind of yeah. stuck in that era where it was a Doughty versus Carlson Norris debate and Doughty, this defensive defenseman that can't really score as much. Okay, Drew Doughty, maybe not going to win, you know, the defense and scoring race. But this guy can put up points. He has four, like four points his last five games. And better yet, this guy is angry. He is yeah. pissed off. A hundred put a hundred percent. He's he's really ticked off. I love Drew Doughty because he speaks his mind, you know, when totally. things are going good, when they're not going good. And after a recent loss, he said to them, like, guys don't just just don't seem to care. They care about stats and points. I think they blew a lead against Buffalo. That was a post game after they were up 3-1 going into the third against Buffalo, and they squandered that game. So he's really upset, and he's playing like a man upset and a pl- man that wants to win and lead his team to victory. He's got points in four straight and six of his last seven. If you pick him just to get a single point tonight, to get over 0.5 p- points, he's paying 2.05 to 1. Bet on Drew Doughty tonight. That guy plays good in big games. He's been doing it since 2010 when Canada was in an uproar when they selected him to the Canadian Olympic squad at 
21 or 20 years old, and he was phenomenal. He's a big game player. He plays when his team needs him to, and he has been doing it that lately. 2.05 to 1 to get just one point. Take him. Bet MGM. Yeah, I, I like those odds big time. Um, especially uh, he's a he's a sneaky secondary assist guy too. So yeah, that, yeah. not that working for him too. Next up, the last game of Wednesday night, the San Jose Sharks are visiting the Anaheim Ducks. Neither team uh, is all that great at scoring, but I will say that they are much uh, inferior at allowing the puck out of their net. They get scored on like it's nobody's business. Yeah. Shootout time. Yeah, well, yeah, it goes both ways. They can't score, but they can't keep the puck out of net. So when the over-under betting line is only at six goals, give me the over. So not the most, like, yeah, these teams aren't running gun or, like, filling the net usually, but at six goals, paying 1.91 to one, I like the over a lot here. Um, and these teams kind of have, they know they don't have much to play for now. So when you don't have anything to play for, hey, let's get some goals if you're a player. You know what I mean? Let's try and, like, showcase some of our offense. So I feel like this is the best bet for this game tonight. Um, the Ducks, they've gone over six goals in six of their last seven head-to-head -head meetings, like when these T2 teams have faced each other, including their last game a couple weeks ago, a 5-3 Sharks win. Anaheim has combined with their opponent to score at least six goals in eight of their last 10. And Sharks have gone over six goals with their opponent in three of their last five. So putting it all together, going into the break, I mean, these teams don't have, when you don't have much to play for, I think it comes to a point where you want to maybe, you know, bulk up your stats a little. So I see this one going over six goals tonight. 1.91 to 1 at BetMGM. And if it doesn't, hopefully it just hits six goals and you get your money back, you break even. But I like the over here. I'm not going to argue against you. Let's uh, let's put tonight's games to bed and let's shift over to the good stuff. Let's get to the mm. kind of all-star break uh, point here of the awards and the bet and the betting favorites for you know the Vesna, Calder, Norris, yeah. Jack Adams, Hart, Stanley Cup winner. Let's get into all of it. So let's start let's with the Vesna. Vesna, the top four favorites right now. Number one, Connor Hallebuck. Number two, Thatcher Demko. Number three, Jeremy Swayman. And number four, Aiden Hill. You give me first, George, who you think, and then if we disagree, we can go back and forth or whatever it may be. Yeah, I'm sticking with the favorite here. I'm sticking with Connor Hallebuck. He plays on a team that plays a sound defensive system. He's near the top of the leaders in every important goaltending uh, category. Um, and I just don't – him and Demko were kind of neck and neck for a while there. Demko kind of slid off a bit. And another thing when you look at the Vesna, we've seen over the last decade, goalies do not play as much. They don't play as many games. They split duties. You're guaranteed with Connor Hellebuck to play over 50 games. Might get close to 60. A lot of the guys in there, like Aiden Hill's got outstanding numbers, but is he going to even play 40 games this year if he stays healthy for the rest of the year? I don't even think he's played 20 so far. So I factor that in. Unless a goalie, like his numbers and his performance destroys the others, I think you got to play at least 40, 45 games to I win would the agree. award. Like Jeremy Swayman, for example. Like this guy, you know, he's playing better than Allmark, but slightly, I mean, they're both great goalies, but that's a rotation. How can you give one of them the Vesna? Would it's very much a team? You would say that that's a team award. Yeah. Right? And like, last like year it was Omark handling the bulk of the duties. Did Omark win the Vesna last year? I'm trying to remember, but like he, he might he, he might have because uh Boston had that phenomenal season. Um, but yeah, I just for so many factors, the team he's yeah. playing on, his performance, a prior Vesna trophy winner, 
Connor Hellebuck's not going to slip up. So even though there's longer odds, I think the best, the best like point to get a return on your money is to bet Connor Hellebuck here. I agree. I mean, I think I agree with everything you said. The one point I will add to is the Jets, you know, they're a great system team. All five players are on the same page and that's what's made them good. But, yeah. you know, if you watch a Winnipeg Jets game, you know, Connor Hellebuck is their MVP and he's stealing games for them sometimes when they have those lulls because there have been periods where the Jets haven't been great and Hellebuck has kept them absolutely at the top of the league. And I think even, you know, and we'll get to it, but maybe he's a long shot for the heart, though I don't think it's mm-hmm. going to happen this year. But mm-hmm. it's an interesting bet to discuss. I now, next up, let's get to the Calder Trophy. Yeah. Now, the, this is an interesting one. We've thrown this back and forth a couple times, and I got to I gotta admit, you kind of swayed me. I mean, I was steadfast on the favorite, but thinking differently. So first is Connor Bedard, obviously. Second is Brock Faber. Third is Luke Hughes. Fourth is Marco Rossi. And then if you want a little long shot further down, you can go 36 to one on Logan Cooley. Um, but we'll get to that in a second. So first off, who would you pick? Yeah. I'll, you were the first one that brought Brock Faber to my attention, actually. And this was before Connor Bedard got hurt. We were throwing out Calder trophy odds when talking about the Blackhawks game one time. And I was kind of t- touting Logan Cooley. This is way back in December. And you had mentioned Brock Faber. And since that point, Connor Bedard's got hurt. and Brock Faber has played just outstanding for the Minnesota Wild, who lost a guy who probably heading into the season was their number one defenseman, Jared Spurgeon. And Brock Faber is the number one defenseman there. I think he's 10th in the league in minutes played, not amongst rookies. In the entire league in time on ice, this guy is 10th in the league as a rookie blue liner facing the other team's top competition every night. Not on a a very good team, a team outside the playoff picture. He's a plus player. He's second in rookie points to Connor Bedard. And I just think Connor Bedard's going to miss too much time. Connor Bedard's not going to get over 60 points um, because he's not going to play over 60 games. Uh, and I think he's obviously not going to play meaningful games while Brock Faber might be playing meaningful, meaningful games. Much more difficult to come in on this league as a defenseman than a forward. I just think, and the odds are still really good. They were 6-1. to one. People are betting him. People are taking notice. He was six to one a few weeks ago. Now he's down to four point two five to one. Out of all the bets we're going to talk about here, we've already talked about and talked about. This is my favorite one because of the odds. Because I think he should be the favorite. I think he should be the favorite right now, and he's getting four point two five to one odds. So I definitely think it's uh, he's the guy to bet on right now. I agree. And here's the craziest part. Let's take away. So he's got nine points his last seven games. This offense and, and all of January, he's really picked up the point totals. But when I first mentioned Brock Faber, I mentioned him in the sense of, okay, I think that voters and people will also appreciate this guy's logging top pairing minutes already yeah. is a huge impact player at five on five is, you know, been kind of a number one from the get go. And you're kind of weighing that against, you know, Bedard and, and his flair and, and whatnot. And I just thought it was a long shot. Now Bedard's hurt, right? But for Faber, like the fact that he's now scoring points on top of the fact he's playing all situations and number one D, like that's where it's like, okay, I agree with you. He should be the favorite right now. Like it, it's yeah. hard to really, it, it's hard to, I get why Bedard is the actual favorite in terms of the odds. I still get it because you don't want to bet against Connor Bedard. And, you know, there's almost a sense that once he does return, he'll be able to just, you know, get back in the scheme of things because he's still skating. And it's just, 
like there is yeah. that element of it. Mm-hmm. But I think the likelihood of Bedard coming out and scoring so well that it diminishes what Faber's done is becoming less and less likely as the weeks go on. He's so, got to go on a rampage much better than the way he started the season, which, hey, he, he had a great start to the season, Bedard. And let me just throw this one other nugget out there for you. Some people have been saying to me, Connor Bedard's going to name on when if it's close on recognition of his name and recognition that he's Connor Bedard and that he has more highlight real plays. Let me tell you something. The last four gener- generational players, so Connor Bedard, Connor McDavid, yep. Sidney Crosby, Eric Lindros. None of those guys, we'll see with Bedard, none of those guys won the Calder. Panarin beat out McDavid because McDavid, like Bedard, was hurt. Now, Bedard's going to play probably more games than McDavid did in his rookie year, but still. When McDavid played Crosby, like 48, right? Yeah. I think he played 48 games, yeah. Yeah. Something like that, in the in the mid to high 40s. Crosby lost to Ovechkin, okay. You know, they had the lockout season as Ovechkin's rookie year. Lindros, Solani won that year. The last generational player to win the Calder was Mario Lemieux. So don't it, he's not going to win on name recognition if there's somebody better and has a better season. And I think Brock Faber is going to have a better overall season. He's not going to probably beat him in points. But when you take into account everything, Brock Faber will have the better season. And then the only other one thing I want to throw out there is there's a bunch of guys bunched up in points. Like I think Faber's got 29 and there's like six, seven rookies bunched up between 24 and 29. And Logan Cooley's odds are 36 to one. So if you want to take a flyer and throw 10 bucks on somebody, I would throw 10 bucks on somebody that's paying 36 to one and is in that race for like, you know, catching Bedard before he comes back from injury. Yeah, no, I can't argue with that. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. Um, now, next up, uh, Norris Trophy. This is interesting because so Connor Bedard's odds for the Calder are one point five five to one, showing he's a clear favorite. Which we just talked about how it's probably time to bet against that. But the Norris, like the favorite right now, is Quinn Hughes, and I think his odds should be even like they're pretty good odds. I think for someone that's a clear favorite. Um, but there's also Kale McCarr. There's uh, some long shots in, you know, Noah Dobson and Evan Bouchard. Let's get to the Norris conversation. Who, like, I, I would take Quinn Hughes. I want to know what you're thinking. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, At 1.71, that- like, come on. Like, that, he should be 1.5 or something. Like, I, I really it's just, think it's just, just the Kale McCarr factor, right? I know, but Kale hasn't, and I'm saying this as a Kale McCarr fan and fantasy owner. Um, Kale hasn't been as consistent, like, he hasn't been as healthy. And he's never, but- he's never healthy. Right. And I think it's hard to not give it to Hughes. Right. But like, yeah. So that's the one thing you also can't count. What's he missed? Like five, six, seven games this year. So he'll play. But McCarr's still on pace for over 100 points. He's caught Hughes a couple times in the points rates. One of the things I'll say about Hughes is like, he's a plus 35. He's the, he's the best in the league at plus minus. Um, and he's made, look, he's not a big, strong guy, but he makes good defensive plays. He's elevated the game of his new partner, Philip Fronick in Vancouver. 
He's leading a team that didn't make the playoffs last year to, you know, possibly the best record in the league. So I definitely like Quinn Hughes. And I think, I think with Makar too, it's almost like the McDavid effect, even though I think he's only won one Norris, that if there's somebody that's playing just as good as Makar, like the, the vote will go to that other person like, oh, this guy deserves it. He's having just as good a year. So I think I, it's a two-horse race. Yeah. And I think I agree with you, though. The odds for Hughes to win are pretty good right now. And the thing with McCurry you can't count on, he's missed some games. I hope not, but he might miss some more because that's been he, – he gets hurt. You know what I mean? And they're going to want him to be healthy for the playoffs. I think the guy's the second-best player in the league next to McDavid. So – I don't disagree. I think you're okay. Yeah, so, but I definitely think the odds are really good, and I would take Quinn Hughes at 1.7 to 1. And not that, I think it's a two-horse race, but Noah Ob- Dobson at 21 to 1, those are yeah. really long odds for a guy that's that, that's been incredible, like, this year. He was really good last year, but he's taken it to another level this year. He's... All the way up there in uh, time on ice. I think he's top five in the league in time on ice. Maybe Connor can check that for us. He he plays more than Quinn Hughes or Kale McCarr. I'm 99% sure of that. His plus minus is plus 20-something on an Islanders team, Islanders team that's not really good. I don't think he's going to beat out McCarr or Hughes, but at 21-1, to 1, pretty good long shot bet. Dobson's actually number two in ice time behind Drew Doughty. Wow. I yeah, mean... So- this guy has really like came to the like, and he's like he's it's funny because he's like not at all like an Islanders type defenseman. He's not like Adam Pellick where he's like this shutdown meat and potatoes guy. Dobson yeah. does have a two-way game, but like man, he's he's an offensive dynamo out there. It's like kind of crazy to see him thrive in that system. And he's got a ton of points too. He's got like over fifty points. Like he's probably only five ten back of Makar and Hughes. I would guess like so somewhere around there, yeah. Something to watch and. I think he's worth a bet. Look, I don't think he's going to win, but if you want to throw some change down, the other thing to watch out for, and we'll see what happens. If the Islanders make the playoffs, we all know they've hired Patrick Y, and they haven't really got that coach bump that a lot of teams have gone so far, but they played some tough games. If they make the playoffs, this guy's the MVP of the team. I mean, forget Barzal, Bo Horvat, Ilya Sorokin. This guy's been the MVP of the team. So I think at those long odds, it's worth a bet. I agree. But I'm That's taking actually. Hughes. I'm taking okay. Hughes if I have to pick somebody. Okay. I like that. Um, let's move on to the Jack Adams award. So the top four <laughs> favorites. Honestly, like I, I laugh because we've talked about this and know, had some disagreements. Totally. But like the top four here, you can make an ar- a very sound argument for either. And I really don't think like just looking at it, it's it's gonna be close to people think. So you got Rick Tockett, so favorite, then you got Rick Bonus. John Tortorella, then Chris Knobloch. Um, yikes. I mean, you know, it's funny. Like, I once I saw the Knobloch thing, it's like, how do you not give it to him? I'm going to use what we just discussed with the Norris Trophy and apply it to why I tr- I'm choosing Rick Bonus for this Wait, award. And no, no. For, for me, it's uh, – no, in terms of you, – you said that you thought the odds for Quinn Hughes should be shorter. Like, he should yeah. be even a stronger favorite. I think Rick Tockett is too heavy a favorite. I think the Canucks could lose four games in a row and, like, slide. I think the Jets could finish ahead of the Canucks in the standings. Tockett is 1.91 to 1, and Rick Bonus is 5 to 1. Me, personally, 
I still think Rick Bonus deserves the award if the season was to end today. I would give it to Rick Bonus. I would think most people would give it to Rick Tockett, but I think it's a pretty close race. But when the odds are 1.91 to 1 for one guy, the odds are 5 to 1 for another guy, and we still have, you know, two fifths of the season left to play. And I mentioned this before there's a storyline with Bonus. Um, you know, had had to step away for the team for a couple of games, do some like some family concerns earlier really the year. I think people take this into account, and I just think at the odds five mm-hmm. to one, he's a really good bet. But definitely the other ones, I wouldn't bet Rick Tockett at one point nine one to one because the odds aren't good enough. Yeah, like, I know. I agree. he's not that sure of a bet, and yeah, even Knob. I mean, look, the Oilers can't keep this up forever. But they're 26 and 6 since Knobloch took over. It's crazy. Like, okay, but also too, like, what about you mentioned like how Vancouver could slip? What if Vancouver and Winnipeg over this next half of the year lose a bit of ground, the respective divisions or whatever? And then Torch leads the Flyers to the playoffs. And because the East is so log jammed, what if the Flyers get a divisional spot? Like, like pretty like definitely, definitely. I, I think he probably wins the Jack Adams award at that point for, another for me personally, like it's so yeah. wide open for me personally i'm putting also like foreshadowing what i think is going to happen the flyers have slipped a bit i don't think they're going to make the playoffs anymore um yeah i don't i i just don't think they have the horses i think they're going to i don't think they will because they'll trade yeah i think they'll make trades yeah, i think they're going to trade assets as well uh, instead of bringing people in so they've overachieved all year credit to Taurus for the job he's done but i don't see them making the playoffs so but if they do, yeah, watch out. If you think the Flyers are going to make a pl- the playoffs, then maybe you should bet towards. I would agree. And then um, Chris Knobloch. Yeah, I mean, th- this is an interesting one to keep an eye on. You're going to take bonus. I uh, see, yeah, last time we talked about it, I said, Talk. Wait, are you wavering? No, you're it's wavering. That, well, now you're making me feel different because it's like the, the value and stuff. It's like, okay, I, I, I think Not I'm going to take Talkit, but I think Talkit should win as of right now, but value play like, you know, maybe maybe a knob block because why not? Ten to one, and it's it could be too fun. much season left, man. If we were at game seventy and we were at this point, okay, take talk it. But we're at game forty-eight, yeah, yeah. fifty. You know what I mean? I agree. Yeah, too much time left for him to be that big a favorite, in my opinion. Next up, let's get to the Hart Trophy. Ooh, Nathan McKinnon like is the favorite. Next is Nikita Kucherov, then Connor McDavid, and then Austin Matthews. Um, Matthews is more of a long shot at 14 to one odds, but uh, that top four, the gap is really narrowing there. Yeah. I, I just think it's Nathan McKinnon's time. So he's the favorite at 1.8 to one shortest odds. I think he's going to win. So that's why I'm picking him. Having said that the other guys all have good chances with a lot of season left. So I wouldn't object to anybody picking. I think this is kind of up in the air with Nate. I just think. He has been unbelievable this year. He deserve, He's been a finalist three other times, finished second in Hart Trophy voting twice, third once, and he's been the best player in the league this year. So at this point, and I don't see him letting up. I don't see him letting up. Now, earlier I, I stated with Kale McCarr, I think he's the second best player in the league, and I think he's the best player on Colorado. But this year, this year, the best player on Colorado has been Nathan McKinnon. He's had a couple four-goal, five-point games, he plays big when there's been th- some things that have happened in Colorado a few times this year, and he stood out in those immediate games after him. He's a leader on and off the ice. Uh, I actually read an article about the Avs. I don't know if you saw this, that they leave on road trips 
an hour later than a usual team does because Nathan McKinnon has a routine after, and he's got a lot of other guys on the on the player on a lot of other players to buy into the routine he's doing. This post game recovery routine. I don't know what exactly it is riding the bike. And they asked Jared Bednar a bit, and he's like, Bednar's like, yeah. After I do my press conference, I work for one more hour. He's like, whatever. We leave leave late, but we're more prepared for our next game. He is such a leader of that team. And That's awesome. Yeah, I, uh, I'll find it and forward it to you. It might have been an athletic article, but he's such a leader of the team. And then he's a he's the leader in the stats this year too. He's gonna he's on pace for over fifty goals. I think almost one hundred and forty points. And Kucherov's right with him in that race. McDavid might catch him. McDavid's got like seven eight points in his last two games, and he has games in hand on these games. Look, Austin Matthews might score seventy goals. He is on pace for 70 goals. So mm-hmm. anybody can win. But if I'm putting my money down, I'm putting it on Nate. Having said that, the odds, Kucherov's four to win. McDavid's five, McDavid's five to one to win the heart. So you can't go wrong betting him either. I um I have a hard time picking anybody but Nathan McKinnon for every reason you just listed. But I also love the idea of McDavid in the sense that I could see voters really when they really break it down, go, Oh, but look what, if it wasn't for McDavid, they wouldn't have like using the same argument you would use for Knobloch to win the Jack Adams, but inversing it for McDavid saying, Oh, if they didn't have McDavid, they wouldn't have gone this historic run. Look how well he did. He willed his team there, right? Like all, all those things. So it's like, yeah, absolutely. it's hard for me to ignore that. And it's like, it, it, there is a lot of the season left and you look at, the NHL from here out, like where the Oilers are compared to, you know, three months ago, it's like, okay, well, you know, the Oilers could finish as like a, you know, they could get home ice advantage. Couldn't they still in the playoffs? Oh, like yeah. they, they, there's yeah. very much. They, they could win that division. Like, So I'm having a hard time kind of glancing over it, but you know, I think, I think at the same time, value aside, I think Nate Max going to win it. So it is yeah. his time. I agree. And my my other pick here, if I wasn't picking uh, McKinnon, I would actually take the most long shot out of these four contenders. I would Matthews. take Matthews yeah. just because Kucherov's four to one, McDavid's five to one, Matthews is four to fourteen to one. I mean, it is hard. It's going to be hard to ignore him if he scores seventy goals. You know, unless the Leafs totally collapse and don't make the playoffs, which I don't think is going to happen. Um, Dave, good point. It's hard not to. I mean, 70 goals, if you said era, 10, 10 years ago that somebody was going to score set, you, I mean, 10 years ago, people were saying, if Ovechkin doesn't do it, nobody will ever score 70 goals in this league. And, you know, when it's brought up, it's been brought up in the past, it's thought of as an ab- absurdity. But so for him, he just, he just always scores. He's got 40 goals in less than 50 games. I mean, he's on pace there. And he has shown in the past, he doesn't slow down. As the games get tougher, if anything, he's gotten better later in the regular season compared to past years. So, if I'm taking anybody other than McKinnon, Matthews would be my pick. At fourteen to one, I don't uh, disagree. That's a good argument. That's that's, that's a big reason. Yeah, that's mental. All right, the last one we'll get to the Stanley Cup winner. Mm-hmm. We got Colorado Avalanche are still number one. Then you got the Oilers who are creeping up. You got the Bruins, the Hurricanes, Panthers, Rangers, Stars. What are you thinking? 
I think uh, I think Colorado's got a little mini dynasty kind of team going on there. They're goaltending suspect, but they've shown they can play the win the Stanley Cup without stellar goaltending before. They might be getting. They did. They did just confirm the signing of Zach Parise, right? As like a depth signing. Yeah, I don't know if we're did. going Parise, Parise, but um, so uh, Landeskog is skating. I don't know if Nachushkin might be back. They might add somebody at the deadline. Their defense is stacked. I think yeah. they got the best defense in the NHL. They got the MVP winner up front with Nathan McKinnon or MVP front runner with McKinnon. They got Rannon up there. I just and the odds are really close for all these teams. I like the favorites here. I think it's look, I think it could go a variety of ways, but I just look at that Colorado team and I say, yeah, they got they've shown they can be a champion. And I don't see many, if any, holes here. And it looks like instead of Losing people, they're going to be getting reinforcements down the stretch. I'd pick Edmonton. I Fair. think I think that the Oilers are the most lethal NHL team right now, which, again, what can change. But I think that something that's hidden within a lot of ways is, like, this This is it right now. Like, the Oilers need to win a cup. Like, yeah. Drysaddle's extension eligible July 1. McDavid's, like, two years away or whatever. Um, the window's closing, and mm-hmm. you know if I'm Ken Hall and their GM, I'm sure that's what they're thinking. Like they they need to patch any possible holes to any means they can. I'm sure Dylan Holloway, Philip Roberg, Packer stuff. You won't be Edmonton Oilers after the deadline. I'm sure their their picks will be gone. Like they are going to go all into it, and I think that that's a team where you look around the league, right? And teams will make additions. They have holes in their roster, and they're like, okay, they did this, but are they still a cup contender? The Oilers are a team where it's like if you patch a couple of the glaring holes, like that, like how can you not trust that nucleus? Like how can you yeah. not trust McDavid, Dreisaitl, guys like Evan Bouchard are playing great. Let's not even mention Zach Hyman. Guy was he's in the Rocket Richard running, unbelievable, taking it away. This is their year. I think that you're seeing a reinvented McDavid in a sense of, and he's getting credit he deserves. Much better defensively this year. He's a much all around player. I think this is their year, and you know. First couple months of the season was a disaster, but what they're doing now, coupled with the desperation they have, I'm taking the Oilers, man. I, I really believe it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you make a lot of good points there. I just don't know what the deal. I just think Colorado is slightly a better team, but you're right. They have to win now. They have to win now, and they have to go for it. So we'll see. Honestly, the West, I wouldn't be surprised if it's neither the Vegas or Edmonton that comes out of the West, though. It could be Edmonton. It could be, I mean, sorry, Dallas. It could be Vegas again. And yeah, I don't like any of the East teams, to be honest. Me too. I agree. But like, I think there's four teams. Those four teams go through in the West. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I just like Colorado the best. And the odds are really tight for all these teams. And in addition, I mean, I know LA, your early season pick, is kind of embarrassing you right now. But if that team somehow finds to get it back together, I would not want to face that team in the first round. Like, and they've shown in how they played Edmonton the last two seasons in the playoffs, six game series, seven game series, all very tight physical games. Those series were a war. So I would not sleep. And Pierre-Luc Dubois has been horrible for the LA Kings. He's proven he can play in the playoffs. He's proven to be a playoff performer. So if he can wake up and give LA a three headed monster down the middle, um, I think that's a team not to sleep on, but obviously they're having serious, serious issues right now. 
Absolutely. All right, George, that uh, caps off our mini award uh, pick show at the All-Star break in the last couple of games. Thank you to everyone for listening to another episode of the Hockey News Action Show presented by our friends at BetMGM. And until then, we'll see you next time. Take care.